It seems as if the Florida Panthers are starting to think outside of the box when it comes to their continued search for a head coach. We're going to chat about that. We're going to continue our player grade series, and we're going to talk about last night's Stanley Cup Final Game 3, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, June 21st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at monoman 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So the Panthers, like I said at the top there, they look to be thinking outside the box. They're weighing in all their options when it comes to the head coaching search. And the latest one is a Finnish connection for the franchise. It's the name of Yuka Jalonen, um, who has worked with Finnish hockey for over 30 years, 59 years old, has worked with players like Anton Lindell and Pateri Limbaum uh, for the Finnish national team. Never worked with Alexander Barkov, but with Jalonen, uh, the, the Panthers, with, like I said, the connection that they have with how many players they have on their roster, uh, with when Bill Zito decided to sign someone like Anton Levchi, uh, who played for the team that Alexander Barkov co-owns, the Panthers, as far as their assistant coaches, Tomo Rutu was the only one to stick around as far as the assistant coaches come come to play, and also the the connection between that and what the director of European Scouting in Yari Kekalainen, and if that name sounds familiar, it's the name of uh, the brother of Yarmo Kekalainen, something that Kobe Guy of Florida Hockey Now referenced in his latest article in relation to the latest coaching search for the Panthers. And this is a good opportunity to relate more to the Finnish players on the squad and also to help the development of a prized prospect. Well, I, I don't know if you call him a prospect anymore, like a, a prized player who has who he's worked with before in Anton Lindell, who's just completed his rookie season with the Panthers. So that it's a good opportunity for Yuka Yellowden to get that opportunity with the Panthers. And I also think about when you're somewhere for a long time, he's been with uh, Finnish hockey for 30 years, like like we t- we just said at the top. You got to wonder if he has emotionally graduated from that, and if he's ready to move on as well. Because because if you're moving across the world uh, to work in hockey when you've been successful, where where you've been at in 
Finland winning multiple, um, winning world championship and Olympic gold medal as well uh, during his time there. It, 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 is that the time for Yuka to, to say, hey, I've accomplished everything that I wanted to. Let me take this opportunity to go overseas and to have an opportunity to coach in the NHL, which is the best league in, in the world. So you, you also got you to gotta also wonder um, that as well. By the way, he won silver at the 2021 World Championships, not gold, uh, by the way. Uh, but there, there's also that chance to do so for him. And like I said, so many Finnish connections on, on this Panthers roster when it comes to that. So it, it's great to it's great to see that they're keeping their options open. And there's there's been a lot of impatient Panther fans, and I've had quite a few of them in my mentions uh, talking about the head coaching search for the Panthers that they need to decide now listen relax everybody they they need to decide before the draft and we are still a few weeks away from that as long as that is in place before the draft the panthers are going to be in a fine position because even though they don't have a lot of draft capital at their disposal what matters for this team is getting the best out of this current group that's ready to win now what's going to happen in the draft those are players that are not going to impact this roster immediately. So regardless of who the coach is, they have time to evaluate all those players and then to work with them and move them up the ranks. Bill Zito's doing his homework, the, um, and the scouting department is also doing their homework on the draft prospects as well. And there's there's also they're doing also they're doing so many things at the same time. Also looking at what free agents they could bring on, even though I don't expect the Panthers to make a big splash in free agency just like last year. There looks like their activity throughout the draft and free agency is mostly going to be via trades. That's really what it's going to be looking like for the Panthers as far as that. So as long as as long as this team gets it right and they feel that it's right for the team and it's a right fit, especially for some of the Finnish players on the team that are familiar with uh, Yuka Yellowin, um, even though he didn't coach someone like Alexander Barkov, I'm sure that Barkov would be chatting around through different parts of the people who've played in Finnish hockey and have probably said good or maybe bad things about him. So of course, Barkov is also also probably chatting with other people around to see if that is possibly something that he likes as well as the captain of this team. So there, there's, there's conversations going on. There's, there's people are making recommendations, references and saying, Hey, this could be the guy or this couldn't be the guy for this team. So the, the Panthers, like I said, with their options open, continue, continue, I'll continuously say it that keeping their options open and putting the best, coach in position for this team that that's what that's what Bill Zito is doing and I'm happy that he's doing his due diligence because this is as thorough as you can get for a, a coaching search trying to see which is the best fit because also when you are interviewing candidates outside of your organization they might tell you a few things that you don't even know about your own team 
that you might not even realize because sometimes GMs might be wearing the glasses that of just not thinking there is are as many things wrong with their team as there might be or there might be or even the opposite with things that might be great about their team as well i mean chuck fletcher a former assistant gm of the panthers talks about how he feels about his philly squad everyone on the outside looking in knows that that's not a competitive roster and a championship roster but they feel on the inside in philadelphia that that is a team ready to compete but <laughs> with the Panthers, we know that they're ready to compete. But there are certain things that need to be tweaked as well. Of course, they got to have a better power play. Uh, we, of course, something that we didn't expect to fall off in the playoffs. But of course, someone outside of the organization can possibly write up and talk to Bill Zito saying, what can they do to fix the power play? And of course, talk about what they do at goaltending as well when it comes to possibility of keeping someone like Bobrovsky or not, if they want to work with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight as well and see what different habits that they have that would help them elevate their games as well. So it, it's good to get those outside perspectives as well. Let's not forget that because they're, they might tell you things about your team that you might have not thought of. And it makes, it makes GMs like Bill Zito think more. And it's like, huh, maybe this could be the guy. Or maybe this couldn't not be the guy. So that that that's why that's why I'm continuously okay with the head coaching search and that the whole removing the interim tag from Andrew Burnett midseason, why would you want to strap yourselves like that? You're giving yourself the best option. And who knows? It could again once again, it could be Bruno is that becomes the head coach of this team. But you don't wanna hinder yourself to possibly better opportunities for for this team and i'm 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 for i'm so for that when it comes to what is going to get this team to eventually lift laura stanley's cup in the next segment we're going to continue our player grade series for the florida panthers we're going to talk about that all and more next but first we're going to tell you all about built bar and you know how our friends at built are always coming out with amazing new flavors well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. And for the first time ever, it is introducing a new Mud Pie, mud pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Not sure what Mud Pie tastes like? Well, if you're a taco fan, you better sit down for this. The new Mud Pie Bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse, smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You got to try Mud Pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puffs are only available for a limited time. Use Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? Luckily, we saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. Not, no, really. All Built products are low-calorie, high-protein, low-sugar. Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Second segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, June 21st. And we're, like I said, uh, we're continuing our player grades for the Florida Panthers. And today's player grade is Claude Drew. 
So we already went through Barkov, Huberto, Ekblad. Now it's start time to start evaluating players outside of the core three for this team. So, uh, Claude Drew, uh, the, the trade was completed on March 19th. Uh, the Florida Panthers traded for Claude Drew with 15%, uh, 50% uh, salary retained, which was like $4.1 million, and players like Herman Rubsov and Connor Bunneman, uh, and a 2024 fifth-round pick in exchange for Owen Tippett, a 2023 third-round um, pick, and a 2024 first-round pick. And since the trade happened for the Panthers, uh, second-best record in the NHL right behind Minnesota Wild, uh, six, with, with a 16-4-0 record, and three of those losses came in the final week of the season, with a 13-game winning streak in between. Uh, second in goals for the goals against for the Panthers um, in that stretch, 18th uh, in in the NHL. Not not where you want it to be, but seventh in the power play on the power play. And he was uh, Claude Giroux was part of that five-man unit, uh, that five-forward unit that uh, got Panthers to the best power play in the league from January onward to the last game of the season even though Claude Giroux came in the middle of it he was still a big contributing factor to that power play I mean 23 points in 18 games three goals 20 assists uh of course the the Panthers the, and of course we as fans seeing bring that the Panthers brought in Claude Giroux you want of course you want to see more goals uh from Claude Giroux the goals are the sexy things about hockey as well but of course but the things that Claude Giroux does when it comes to him and Barkov being on the same line, of course, we talked about it many times. Whenever it was on the right side, Claude Drew was taking the faceoffs on that side because he's a right-handed shot. And as far as defense as well for Claude Drew, even strength, uh, goals against per 60. Since Claude Drew came to the Panthers, he is the best of uh, since March 19th, since they got he got acquired. So his defensive game as well ha- has been a big impact on on the team. That that's something that just you you really got to watch Claude Giroux and really see how how big uh, of an impact he has defensively. Like I said, the the best on the Panthers at even strength and goals against per sixty minutes when he's on the ice and averaging uh, time on ice of eighteen minutes and twenty nine seconds uh, during his. 18 games with the Panthers and like I said he was on the top power play unit for the Cats that helped them get to where they were and even in the postseason and especially the final two games of the of the Capital Series he was uh, him and Carter Hagee were the two best players on on the team scored a big goal in game one to like 40 40 something seconds into the second period to cut the lead in half uh, for the Panthers and then uh, scored in Game 5, part of that three-goal comeback for the Panthers. And then, of course, the assist on that final goal to clinch it for the Panthers. Uh, a backhand pass to Carter Verhage. Everyone was puck-watching on Claude Giroux, and then he gets it to Carter Verhage, and then he gets a backhand uh, uh, goal on Sam Sonoff as, as well. So the the the... Two players that were just the best players for the Panthers, uh, Claude Giroux and Carter Verhage. They were they were the two players that that really carried this team when everyone else was not playing at their best. Um, and you when you think about that trade for the Panthers, of course, it's more worth it if you're able to re-sign players. I mean, 
the Panthers, like David Dork said last week when he came on the show, the Panthers have been able to give up draft capital and they've been able to re-sign a majority of their players. I mean, let's go over again. Sam Bennett, he was an RFA, qualified an offer. Sam Reinhart, he, they had his RFA rights last year. They gave up a first-round pick, re-signed. Brandon Montour gave up a third-round pick last year. They were able to re-sign. So the, the question is, is how are, how are the financials going to look like? Because they were paying Claude Drew $4.1 million, and that was at 50% retained for his salary. And, of course, like I said, a, tra- a trade needs to happen in order to keep Claude Drew around for the Panthers. And what's he willing to take? What's he willing to... to if he, is he willing to take less to win? Or does he want that long-term security as well? And when you look back of whether you'd make that trade again for the Panthers, you make that trade again. Because Claude Drew was such a big boost to this team, especially when it comes to face-offs and his defensive play as well. It, it, it just created a little bit of a different mojo for this Panthers team when he did eventually arrive. And again... Claude Drew didn't play with Aaron Ekblad until the playoffs. Of course, the the trade happened the day after the the game against the Anaheim Ducks when Aaron Ekblad did get hurt. And crazy to think that the Panthers in the regular season did in fact go 16-4-0 uh, throughout that stretch. And of course, unfortunately, the wheels fell off in the playoffs. But if you get this group again in a different opportunity once again... Uh, I, I think that I think that there'll be lessons learned uh, for this team, and that they could possibly come out better than they were last year. Of course, regular season results could they could fall a little bit, but they know that there will be a bigger goal at hand if you give this uh, team a chance. If you bring back at least a, a majority of the players that have been key contributors of this team, of course. You got to sign one when it comes to Claude Giroux or Mason Marchman. I don't know if you I really doubt you can keep both. It'll be a miracle if you can keep both. I think I think the Panthers sign one of those those guys, not both. So, of course, once again, the Keith Yandel buyout majority of that cash is going to be on the Panthers books next season. But after that, there's going to be a little bit of relief. I mean, yeah, sure. There's not really much to celebrate with the cap only going up 1 million. Woohoo. Uh this this upcoming season but you there's still a little bit of space created uh for for the panthers to still make a little bit uh, of something work so so lots of questions continue to be asked um for the future of claude drew and i actually spoke about it uh last week uh in on on locked on panthers about claude drew speaking out on his future of when he spoke with pierre lebron of the of the athletics so Go back and listen to that episode when it comes to Claude Drew and his future with the Panthers and what he could be looking for and what make, could make sense for him. In the third and final segment, we're going to go over Stanley Cup final game three between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. So we're going to discuss that all next here on Locked On Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, June 21st. 2022 so the game three happened between the tampa bay lightning and the colorado avalanche last night in amelie arena and 
uh, Braden Point uh, was did not play in this one, and Andre Bur- Burakowski and Nazan Kadri were listed as day to day. Nazan Kadri is with the team and skating, but I think about it more and more when you think about a broken thumb, having surgery, and having to grip a stick, that you just need thumbs for really e- everything in your life, and it's really hard to function as a human being when you if you don't have thumbs and try doing some of the work that you do without using your thumb and you'll realize how difficult that is uh for to do most things in your life but for the colorado avalanche the even though the power play continued to play really well for them they went two for four gabriel landis got got both goals valerie nutruskin got a goal but it was called back after an offside but still is making a great case for the con Smythe trophy uh as well because Kale McCarr and Devontae's had another bad game. Uh, if you look at some of the defensive breakdowns for the Colorado Avalanche in this game, I mean, it's funny because they controlled possession for most of this game, but it came it came down to a little bit of breakdowns when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche in transition and a little bit of puck watching as well. So on the Palat goal, even though Kucherov didn't touch the puck at all, when Palat got it to Stamkos, we saw Kucherov cutting, and everybody's eyes were on him, and everybody was drawing towards him that Stammer was able to get to Palat, and then Darcy Kemper was left out to dry on that one. Um, Nick Paul, who was, he, it looked like that he was going to not to be out the rest of the the night and then he comes back and gets a goal but that was just not a good goal by Darcy Kemper um and the John Cooper and company with them being at home they were able to get all their matchups with getting the last change and I had the opportunity to watch last night's game with Jacob Winans who we'll hear about tomorrow on the show with him and I were able to talk about how how great Anthony Sorelli is defensively and how they were able to get their matchups. There was there was a there's a play towards the top of the blue line. I forget who the player was that Sorelli got uh to. I think it was Kucherov that he was poking the stick to to try to to try to get the puck out of the zone. He he didn't miss the puck. He missed the puck, but he got the stick and the puck kept going and was able to get the puck out of the zone. And Jacob and I were talking about it. I was like doesn't matter if you make contact with the stick as long as you find a way to get the puck out of uh, out of your own zone and we were just talking a little bit about it and Anthony Sorelli is, there's a possibility that he could be <coughs> excuse me a possible Selkie trophy winner someday because I, I I love I love just watching Anthony Sorelli play play defense it's it's I mean John Cooper was able to get his his necessary matchups um, with that Sorelli line um, on the McKinnon line, uh, on the Stammer goal, like like I said, everybody uh, there. It was another play where everybody was watching Kucherov. It was the second. It was another play. Um, so two goals of the Tampa Bay Lightning were when Colorado was watching Kucherov a little bit too much. The plot we mentioned the plot goal just a few seconds ago, and then there was the uh, Stamkos goal where. Um, Kucherov was near the end boards and then uh, uses a backhand pass. We're used to those Kucherov backhand passes if, if Panther fans uh, remember game two. 
uh, and then Stamkos was just wide open in the mid slot, and but everybody was watching Kucherov. Nobody was keeping an eye on Steven Stamkos, and of course that's what that's what happens when 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 you have a Hart Trophy winner, and everybody was eyes was on Kucherov there, but that they left uh, Stamkos open open there. So Corey Perry there for for him. Of course, he's had a, a little bit of bad luck in the last few years being on uh, teams that have been the loser in the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning and then getting his chance. Uh, scary scary, uh, scary game for Corey Perry. There's many times that he was uh, he was on the ground and possibly looking banged up, even though he got a goal in this one off a rebound, off a shot by Victor Hedman. He was able to clean it up at the very end. And uh, pretty much the... For the Avalanche, even though they control possession, they got more shots on goal. They got more shot attempts. They they couldn't. They also couldn't stay out of the box. And Darcy Kemper, there was just not all the goals were his fault, but there was a few that you just look. You're just like, ooh, that's not good. That you you let that one. Uh, you you maybe you shouldn't have let that one by. And after the maroon goal, that was just thinking, Jared Bednar, you got to pull him. It's not looking good. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Bednar goes back to Darcy Kemper for Game Four. As crazy as it sounds, of course you want to have a little faith in your number one goaltender that you traded away a first round pick for to Arizona, and and give him a chance. I, I mean, Paulo Franco, uh, he he looked pretty good in, in his limited opportunities, but there's also a chance that that he plays as well. Uh, I mean. The way the Avalanche system works in protecting their goalies, they, it, I'm not saying it doesn't matter who's back there, but I believe that Colorado will do a good job protecting the, the, uh, their, their goalies, whoever's back there. And Colorado was the team that was blocking a lot of shots in both games one and two uh, consistently. But the, in game three, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning that was getting the amount of uh, blocked shots as well. They were They were... They had more than double the amount of blocked shots uh, that that Colorado had in Game Three, so they were also doing what they could to protect Andre Vasilevsky as well. And hey, the people criticized John Cooper for putting Andre Vasilevsky, keeping Andre Vasilevsky in the game when they were losing five nothing heading into the third period in Game Two. Hey, that's why Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning spoke about how series aren't won on aggregate. Uh, and I replied saying, what is this, UEFA? For anyone uh, who uh, watches uh, Champions League and knowing that the the games are won on aggregate goals uh, during during Champions League play. But when it comes to the Stanley Cup final, hey, you, you might see 7 nothing, but at the end of the day, it's only one loss for, for that team. And you get to an opportunity to reset as well. And the pan, the excuse, I was not Panthers. The Lightning were able to re- reset for themselves, and they were able to get that one win. Uh, Jacob and I, right before we uh, we wa- watched the game, we we said who wins tonight, and I was thinking, I think I, I was telling him, I think the Lightning win, but I think that the Colorado Avalanche win Game Four, and because you saw signs of what game one and two were a little bit with the avalanche 
it was just a few break a few breakdowns. Darcy Kemper not giving up soft goals and just being being un, unable to stay out of the box. I mean, their power play continued to to play well. They did that part right in their game as well. Just the the undisciplined play when it when it comes to to that. And who knows? They could be getting Nazem Kadri back in game four because he is skating. Don't know how well he can grip the stick with that thumb once again, but the, it's trending in the right direction. The fact that he is in fact traveling with the team for for the Stanley Cup final, and we'll know more of a status on Andre Burkowski as well, along with Braden Point and Corey Perry. So we'll be talking about that on tomorrow's episode, a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So. Come back here tomorrow. We'll bring in Jacob Winans. We'll talk about more of our experience watching the game together. Uh, we, we we don't watch too many games in person, but but it was it was it was great uh, having to talk about it like live in act in action. No no recordings, obviously, but of course live in action uh, as as it's going on. So we'll be talking more about that tomorrow, and of, of course the state of the Panthers um, in in relation to, of course, their continued coaching search and everything. So come back here tomorrow, and, we'll, and Jacob and I will be discussing all of that. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. who will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, I'm Armando Velez. Signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day.